Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? Who through life has been my guide? But you understand this, you go through the Apostolic Fathers, the early church fathers. They, by just the sermons they wrote out and the letters they wrote to each other, you can reproduce over 99% of the New Testament alone. But there, Papias in the late first century, early second century, he was an Apostolic Father, an early church father. He quoted from Mark 16, what we consider Mark 16, they didn't have the chapters and the verses, 9 through 20. He quoted from that. Justin Martyr quoted from it. Irenaeus quoted from it. There are over 25 different apostolic fathers who quote from this section of Mark 100, 200 years before these so-called reliable texts. And so this came up again this week, as you can tell I'm harping on it a little bit, but I'm, I'm really tired of people telling us that the Bible is not true. It's the most tested book in the world. Go test it yourself. There's never a contradiction. And when you think there is, you, te- you study it out and you realize, oh, wait, I was wrong, not the Bible. Again, that's what we should do. In any case, sorry. Um, oh, I'm not supposed to apologize. So, so today, though, I'm going to read Mark 16, verses 9 through 13. And this is what we're going to be looking at today. And we'll just briefly touch on the first couple few verses, but then the last part is where we'll focus. So let's read this. Now, when he, when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. After that, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. Verse 13, and they went and told it to the rest. But... They did not believe them either. They sound just like us, don't they? Let's pray. Father, this is your word. Help your word to divide between our soul and your spirit. Help us to submit ourselves and our lives and our minds and our hearts to your word, Lord, because your word is true. You esteem your word above your name, Lord, and let us be reminded that it is perfect. It's perfect, Lord, and we praise you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Okay, so again, Mary Magdalene, uh, this, this lady who seven demons were cast out of, she knew how much she was forgiven. In Luke chapter 7, Jesus gives this story of a woman who's forgiven, and he explains to his disciples, he who is forgiven much loves much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. And here's the thing. I don't want to burst too many bubbles. Well, I do. I want to burst our bubbles today. Do you understand? None of us are forgiven a little. Do you understand? We're so humans. We are just something else. We, we compare ourselves to other people. Well, compared to the drug dealer and the murderer, I'm a good person. No, you're not. And <laughs> neither am I. You understand, one sin keeps you out of heaven. One sin puts you in hell. We have all been forgiven much. We ought to be those who love much. Mary Magdalene was one who loved much because she understood who she was in Christ. She understood how much she'd been forgiven. 
And I think sometimes it's just good for you and I to remind ourselves just how much we've been forgiven and how we're not better than anyone else. Doesn't matter what somebody struggled with or gone through, you're not better than anyone else and neither am I. We're all the same in Christ. You want to compare yourself to somebody, compare yourself to Jesus. That's the standard. He who loves much, or he who is forgiven much, loves much. We ought to be those who love much. Jesus told us that the sign of his disciples would be our love one to another, that the world would crave that. Where is that? We need that. I, we have it here. I get it. More. We need more. We want to be more like him. Let's love more. Be more like Mary Magdalene. But she knew she'd been forgiven. And she is rewarded because she's last at the cross. She's first at the tomb. And she's rewarded because Jesus appears to her alive. He appears to her alive. And then Mark 16, 10 through 11, we read this. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. Could you imagine? She's so excited. She goes to tell them. Have you ever done this? You ever brought really good news to people and they're like, eh. <laughs> you know how disheartening that is? Verse 11. And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. But something I want to focus on first is there in, in verse 10. Look at the agony of these men. To their credit, their mourning and weeping. In the language, this means to sob convulsively. Three days later, they're still sobbing convulsively. They're mourning, they're sad, they're crying. And I think all of us have been through tragedy. And if you've ever been through really bad tragedy, not to stir that stuff up, but if you've ever been through really bad tragedy, you know. You know what it's like days later, weeks later, later to still be crying. I've shared with you before, when I was a, getting ready to be a senior in high school, my sister was a freshman in high school. And uh, July 26th, I'll never forget the night when the police came to our door and knocked on it and said that my little sister had been killed in a car accident. And the thing about that is this. She was so precious to our family. She was, so, she was probably, among us kids, for sure, she was the strongest Christian. But she was such a good girl. She was such a good Christian. She was just the light of the house in ways that probably, you know, you, can't, you don't understand that unless you've been there. She was the youngest, so she was the baby of the family. The big brothers tried to protect her, you know, me and my brother. And she got everything she wanted because she was spoiled rotten by the parents because she was the, the only girl. And it was great. We didn't care. But I know that changed us forever. That night. And I remember thinking, you know, it was about a month later. My parents were still crying every day. I was starting to do a little better, getting busy with school, doing other things, busy with football. But you're never the same after a tragedy like that. Never. And so you've been there. You've been through things like that, most, most of us anyway. It really changes you, and it's really hard. And so have compassion and think about these men. They're sitting there, and they're still sobbing after three days because all their hope had been lost. Do you understand that? Think of the hopes and the dreams they had placed on Jesus. They'd spent almost three years with him. They'd seen miracle after miracle. They had seen things they never thought they would see. They were just fishermen who were called to be theologians. They were fishermen who the Messiah, the Mashiach, who they thought was him. It was he, the one who would redeem Israel. He was here among us and he selected us. And we walked with him and we learned of him. He told us so many things. We had so many hopes about who we would be in his kingdom. And it's all gone. Tragedy is hit. It's all gone. And so they're sobbing convulsively. Just think about that. 
You know, and maybe you're here today. I want to mention this. <laughs> maybe you're going through something right now. Maybe you're going through something with your health or your finances or your family, whatever it is. Whoever you are, whatever you're going through, and you feel like God is silent. You feel like Jesus isn't saying anything. You feel like he's disappeared in your life. You feel like your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. Maybe you're going through that right now. Hold on. Do you understand? He gave you a promise. We can trust his word. Remember, he can't lie to us. He, he cannot lie. He, you can trust his word. He told us he would never leave us or forsake us. And he will cause all things to work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He has you. He knows what you're going through. Whoever you are, he knows. And even though you weep and even though you cry, understand. The resurrection is so powerful when we understand what it really means for us. He's here with us and he's with you and he'll get you through this. And one day, every tear will be wiped away. Every single tear. And death will be defeated and we'll all be together. What a day that will be. But you know, some say that the disciples didn't believe Mary Magdalene because she was a woman. And I've heard that before, but I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think they knew Mary. I think they knew her heart. Jesus had commended her in front of them. I don't think that's the case. I really think the disciples, their problem was their unbelief. And why I say that is look at verses 12 and 13. After that, he appeared in another form. I want to stop. <laughs> Heteros morphe. Jesus appeared in another form. Often people will say, well, how come they didn't really see that it was him, you know, there or even on the shoreline when, when Peter and John are on the boat and they don't really recognize him at first? Heteros morphe. He morphed. That's what the scripture says. I know it's strange, but it says right here, he appeared in another form. And we also know their eyes were shielding from knowing this was Jesus. We'll look at that for a second. But he, it says this, he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. Verse 13, and they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. These are men. So I don't think it's that Mary was a woman. I think it's the disciples. It's their unbelief. But here's the thing. I told you, Mark is, you look at that one verse given to the road to Emmaus. <laughs> but that is a remarkable story. And that's kind of what I want to look at right now. Because these two men on the road to Emmaus, we know they're disciples of Jesus. They weren't part of the 12, but they were peripheral disciples. They had hung out with Jesus. They knew him. They were obviously his disciples. And they're making their way on the seven-mile journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And they're walking on the road. And then all of a sudden, and they're talking about all the tragedy, all these heartbreaking things that have happened about who this man who was to be Messiah, who was crucified. They're walking along, and Jesus comes up alongside of them starts walking with them. And I love this. And they aren't able to recognize Jesus. But look at this, Luke 24, verse 16 through 19. But their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the ones who, whose name was Cleopas, I just love that, it sounds so redneck. So Cleopas answered and said to them, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? In verse 19, the first part, and he said to them, what things? <laughs> now, Jesus obviously knows what things. He is the what things they're talking about. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. 
For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, GolgothaFellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A Fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.